0: All right, number two of the sports pass. Scott Grayson's grades are out. The report card is not looking good. Check it out at 973ESBN.com. Grayson's grades are brought to you by Cross County Connection, the region's transportation management association. They are dedicated to improving the quality of life in South Jersey through transportation solutions. Learn more about Cross County Connection online at www.driveless.com. Scott Grayson, props and locks Friday nights. Fox 29, and of course, Grayson's grades at 97.3 ESPN.com. Well, it was another tough one for Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz. We'll start there, Scott, as we've had the first three weeks of the season, and you gave Doug Peterson an F, and you gave uh, Carson Wentz a D. That seems to be rinse, wash, and repeat so far this season.
1: Yeah, pretty much, and that's what the results have kind of looked like as well. Uh, I guess we'll start with Doug. I just, um, I'm, I'm just not into playing for a tie. I don't understand the mentality of that, and I don't understand particularly him having that mentality with how aggressive we've seen him be in his time here in Philadelphia, particularly even the season where they went on to win the Super Bowl. I mean, there was a lot, and, and he's, even this year he's gone for it on fourth down and done things. You know, I understand if the Bengals had a couple of timeouts left, even if they had one timeout left. You're afraid of losing, but I, I, I still gotta believe you go for the win. What message are you sending your defense when you don't try to kick that or go for it on fourth down? You're afraid they're going to give up 15, 20 yards on one play and set up a field goal for the other team to win the game. I, I still think its high. Likely would have happened if they had failed by either kicking the the 64 yarder or going for it on fourth and 12 and trying to hopefully get a kickoff. Either, either way, I, I think you save face a little bit. Another thing that I thought was odd was also the fact that, and I get going into overtime, but, you know, you're at home. You could go for two at the end of the game and try for the win. Uh, again, an aggressive thing. You need to get two yards, and you win the game potentially there with that play. Um, again, Doug Peterson chose not to do that. I, I just don't see – I see a coach right now who looks lost to me. I see a coach who uh, doesn't seem to have control of his offense or his quarterback and um, you know, can it be fixed? Yeah, it can be fixed. Uh, I think this team badly needs a bye week for him to do a little self evaluation. Cause there's really not time for that. And you know, the, the, the funny thing is that with the tie and we could look back weeks from now, they picked up half a game on everybody else in the division yesterday. And we could look back and say, well, that tie is the reason why they ended up edging out this team or that team. I mean, I'm not seeing it right now, but I just don't understand the mentality of playing for a tie. And you talked about Wentz. Uh, gave him a D. I I just thought, you know, he had an F in my mind until the end of the game when he was able to make a score that they badly needed. He did get the team down and into the end zone to tie the game. To me, I I thought that was worth enough to get him out of the F range. But either way, his mechanics are lost. He looks off. He isn't hitting with guys downfield. He's missing short throws, medium-range throws. He's throwing, uh, completing less than 60% of his passes this season. Um, that's just not what a franchise quarterback is doing and in this offense. And I just think that he's got to find himself some more. He's got to find a way to get his mechanics back down. To me, ever since John Filippo left, his mechanics have been steadily declining year to year. And, and that's something he's going to have to fix here as this team moves forward. Yeah,
0: I mean, uh, you know, you said you had an F and then he had the one. He did have the one drive. He, he ran a little bit. Uh, he did lead him to that tying touchdown. So I, I can understand that. But the tie situation now. The tie has helped them in the past. They had the year where they went nine six and one. So you're right about that whole tie thing. But man, it just feels different. Like it just feels like the reasons in the past the team had struggled may have been injury related or just a couple things. It feels like the team's not playing well because the quarterback's not playing well, and that's a big problem. Yeah. No.
1: Look. I'll give. First of all, let me say this because I thought this yesterday. Could you imagine? If that stadium were packed full of fans, the roar of boos that that team would have left the field to, and, and Doug Peterson himself as well, um, obviously they left quiet uh, and probably preferred that. But that that to me was something that I found interesting uh, if you stop and think about that moment of what it could have sounded like there. But you look at, yeah, I, I mean, the, uh, the way this team's playing, the, the quarterback, uh, I will say this for Carson, you know, he doesn't have his top three receivers right now. You could even say four of his top five by throwing Goddard in the mix. Um, And and that's not an excuse because he was able to do and work with that last year at the end of the season when he needed to. Uh, But, you know, he's got to find a way to make guys – look, franchise quarterbacks make everyone around them better, and right now he's not doing that. So he's got to find a way to do that.
0: Real quick, uh, you gave uh, Greg Ward an A. You gave Zach Ertz an A. It seemed to me – that Ward is the only guy that he trusts yesterday. Obviously, Ertz, we know he trusts him, but I'm talking about the wideout. It felt like Ward was the only guy that he trusted at all yesterday.
1: Yeah, and and I think that showed. I said that. He became a steady target for Wentz at the end of last season, and I think that's what Wentz is going back to. He found a guy he could rely on that if he put it near him, he would catch the ball, and that's what Ward is doing. And, and to Ward's credit, I mean, the guy came out of nowhere last year. we well documented, the, the the road he's made to get to where he is. But uh, look, he had a very productive game yesterday, and, and he is the only receiver really doing that. Uh, and, and he is becoming that guy that that Wentz is starting to rely on, um, you know. And, and he's got to have more. He's got more. He's got to find a way to throw these guys open a little bit too. And and he's just not making throws. He's just not making the throws these guys need him to make. He's not making the reads that that they need him to make. He has gotten better from the eight sack game against Washington where he's at least at times throwing it away or he's getting out of the pocket and trying to run, did make some productive plays yesterday with his legs. But I don't think he, yeah, I think you're onto something, Mike. I really don't think he trusts anybody out there and it's really getting in his head. And I think he's starting to think he's got to make a perfect pass and you know, you're a baseball guy, Mike, you try to make that perfect pitch to the perfect spot you always miss. So if you're aiming for a spot, you're going to miss. And I think that's what he's doing a lot of his mechanics are just, they're fleeing him, and he's not trusting his receivers to go make a play.
2: The one play that killed me the most was the third and ten to the sideline, a Miles Sanders where he overthrew him. Yep. When I saw that, I was just deflated on my couch. But I want to get your thoughts on the offensive line because I thought Jason Peters probably had the worst game of his entire career and then factor in what Matt Pryor did on a game-winning field goal in overtime. That's a cuttable offense in my opinion.
1: Well, yeah, it's uh, it is definitely a costly uh, a costly mistake for Matt Pryor, and and you know you heard Brandon Graham. If uh, you know, I was listening to him after the game yesterday, talk and somebody asked him about how Matt Pryor was or how the locker room was, uh, and Pryor was apparently you know beside himself as his locker, just uh, and, and you know and and Graham said you know I'm happy to see that if he wasn't emotional or upset about it, I'd be worried. But, uh, yeah, that's that's a huge mistake. It's a costly penalty. He's got to fix that. He can't make that mistake in the NFL. It cost his team potentially a win, uh, no doubt about it. And you mentioned Jason Peters. Father Time is definitely getting the edge on Jason Peters. We've been saying that for the last few years. They brought him back. They paid him even more to go out and play tackle after Andre Dillard went down. I, I just don't see him finishing the season. I, I don't know how he's going to do it. And you heard Doug say today, He was fatigued. That's what happened to Peters at the end of the game. And and we talk about it, you know, the the amount of times that this guy is not able to finish the game. And again, I always say this, kudos to a Hall of Fame career. I don't want to take anything away from what he's accomplished in the past. But it's definitely, you know, it's time. I mean, but they don't have any other options. And Jason Peters is the the best bet to go out there at this point, you know, unless somebody else is going to edge him out. I don't see that happening. But it's only a matter of time until he taps out yet again. And and, and this offensive line goes through another week where they have yet another new face on their number one reps.
0: Uh, talking about uh, finding someone to beat them out, do they have anybody to go uh, and take Nate Geary's spot? I mean, if you just stare and watch 47 the entire game, you would see some of the most inept linebacker play you've ever seen in your life. I don't know how they watch the tape and think that this guy's helping them at all. I feel like, and Scott, you you gave him a D, um, I feel like teams are now game planning and targeting right at him.
1: I think the Rams were the team that exposed him. Uh, You look at what Tyler Higbee did against him. uh, What he was able to do down the field uh, exposed him, and I think that uh, yesterday we saw the Bengals feed off of that. Uh, Just run him down, and and you've got every tight end so far that has tried, has beat him. And, you know, then you could say, okay, well, if we have diagnosed that Nate Gary is a weakness covering downfield, we need to not put him in a position where he will fail. And that goes to coaching. So, okay, what's Jim Schwartz going to do to play chess against that? You've got to give him help. You've got to leave somebody who's going to be able to help him out down the field after a certain point. Or you've just got to not send him – out on coverage in any way, shape, or form in that way. There's definitely things they've got to do to cover that up, and until they do, everybody's going to expose. Could you imagine if Kittle was available this week against Nate Gary? I mean, I mean, it would just be. He, might, be. Uh, he might. He's not officially out. I mean, they, he. No, was, that's true. Yeah, that's true. He could be able available, and and if I'm the Niners, and if I'm Kittle, I'm getting myself ready because I could have a career night against him, unless the Eagles can figure out something else they're going to do to help Nate Gary out. He is lost out there. He can't hang in that kind of coverage. And until they do something different, I I just don't see any other team stopping it.
2: Another person who stood out to me that was a little sloppy defensively was Avante Maddox. Now, he ended up getting hurt. At one point, him and Slay were both out. And on the outside, I believe it was Roby Coleman and uh, Trevor Williams, someone who you cut twice and brought back.
1: Well, this has been a theme, and I've mentioned this before. Uh, I know that every other team out there deals with injuries, but doesn't it just seem like this team deals with more than most? Uh, and it's like week to week to week, and nobody ever talks about yeah. that. And I just want to know, what's going on behind the scenes? Well, it's funny what you say that, Scott.
0: I'm, I'm watching the game yesterday. My buddy's at my house. He's a Cowboys fan, and they have a lot of injuries too. And the whole day we're having this conversation, he's like, well, we're missing this guy. I said, welcome to our world. We're missing guys every single Weak, multiple guys, and you know, where it really gets you, and this is where they got killed a couple of years ago, where having injuries is one thing, but when you have multiple injuries to the same position group, you know, when you're losing like four corners, it's different than you have a corner hurt, a tackle hurt, a linebacker, you got four guys in the same position grouping. That's And that's what's going on at wide receiver right now. It happened yesterday with yep. corner in the game where you're losing guys
2: who play the same position. And also, real quick, like Sidney Jones missing out on that pick. Now imagine if Sidney Jones, or just a cornerback in general, is your starting outside corner, and then Avante Maddox is your backup. That's a little bit better than going from Avante Maddox to Trevor Williams. Well, you had Douglas in that scene. You took Jones in the second
0: round, Douglas in the third round. Jones can't play. Douglas apparently can, they just couldn't get it out of him. Um, no, I mean, he's played okay with the, with, but that's a second and third round pick that didn't help you.
1: No, absolutely. And, and it's just, and and the problem is the lack of depth too. I mean, that's what you have to have. They want to, you know, it's all well and good. You want to walk around and start saying, Hey, it's next man up mentality around here. That's fine. But the next man has to have some ability or what are we doing? Uh, and, and I just don't feel like this team has built depth, you know, that was what got them to the Super Bowl. They had depth at the position they needed it the most. And here, uh, they just have not built solid depth. And you look at the receivers. And I, like Howie Roseman, it, it needs to be indicted, too. I should have included him after. You know, he has he has missed on a lot of draft picks at wide receiver. Um, I'm excited about Rager. I think he will stick. But uh, I'm not sure about Hightower. I'm not sure about, uh, obviously, Nelson Aguilar they let go. you got to call that a fail. JJ artega Whiteside is like a ghost running around out there. Uh, when he is on the field, you don't notice him because you never hear his name called. Ever. And you look at the guys they could have had, like DK Metcalf was picked after artega Whiteside. You kidding me? Like there's just there's just there's just been so many misses with the draft picks, and it's killing their depth. And it's just uh, I think as in, 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 in turn killing the team because they can't tread water when they need to, and they're in the worst division in football. And all they have to do is tread a little bit of water. Yeah. Well, and guess what? You're leading.
0: Scott, they've got San Francisco, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh coming up here. I mean, there's a good reality that oh five and one could be staring at them in the face. And then they have a brutal stretch later in the year with Green Bay, the Saints, Seattle, uh, Arizona. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's this this has the makings of one of those years where, man, something might have to change at the end. You know, if you you end up with a four and four twelve and four eleven and one or whatever the heck you might end up with the way that schedule looks like you might be we might be having Grayson's grades and talking about big changes to uh, either the quarterback position, the coaching position or the general manager position. But uh check out four For all 3. <laughs> four all 3. There you go. Check out Grayson's grades right now at 973espn.com and make sure you check them out after every Eagles game. Don't forget to catch Scott on Fox 29 Props and Locks Friday nights. I had you on 10:30 on Fox TV, Fox 29, with Scott Grayson. All right, man, appreciate it. Yeah, you got it. Have a good one, guys. All right, he is the host of the Props and Locks show on Fox 29. He's also, of course, our Eagles writer for the last four seasons with uh, Grayson's grades after every Eagles game. So check them out at 97.3ESPN.com. They're brought to you by Cross County Connection, the region's transportation management association. Driveless.com. Go to www.driveless.com.
2: Now, how come we didn't focus on some of the other positives? Brandon Graham, Derek Barnett, I gave I'm, looking you at Greg his, Ward. I'm looking at his B's. You know, we didn't get to touch on the positives. We just went all ugly, for the most part. I gave you Greg Ward. You gave me right, Greg Ward. I, I went, right went right to the A's. How how ridiculous. We just stick with and the Zachary. negatives. That's accurate. He gave Jalen Mills a B. What did you think of Jalen Mills? I uh, missed a couple tackles up in the box. Yeah, I think me and you both expected more out of Jalen Mills. I was
0: excited. To, well, I, I hated him at corner.
2: <laughs> you know what I still hate, though? The fact that you're losing to the Cincinnati Bengals and you're gonna give me a finger rag, you're gonna give me yeah. the the shoulder flex. Well, get get out of here! Like
0: Epps made a play in the end zone. My cousin texts me, "Who the hell's Epps?" And he's all partying, and I said, "Dude, Epps, your time is gonna come." Like all these guys in the secondary, they always celebrate. and I'm feel like, do you not feel you're gonna get beat? Like you know
2: it's coming. Well, the best is when it's clearly an overthrown ball, and then you still flex. You did nothing. You just got beat, yet it was a bad throw, you know? But, yeah, Jalen Mills, to me, I just expected more out of the position, but, yeah, you know.
0: Overall, what did you think of the defense yesterday, Jim Schwartz? I mean, the defensive line played pretty the well.
2: Defensive line did well, but I thought that there were like there was that one play it was the third and fifteen where Edwards got turned around. That was around. one play. Bad there play. But then plays. right after that, they 40 yard run. Yeah, that was 40 yard crushing play. That was after
0: Peterson challenged that call, and it was like a good call. And you're like, okay, they got the challenge, and then they ran the ball right up the middle. So it
2: was more like the timely stops weren't there, more so than like overall they just got waxed. You know? We got
0: uh, anytime hotline calls coming up. You ready for these? Oh, yeah. Your reaction? We'll open up the phone line, 609-403-0973 on the text board. text board, 609-403-0973, 609-403-0973. Dan from EHT says, the takeaway I get from the game is they actually should have lost. They were only in it because of a big-time blown coverage touchdown by the Bengals before the half, which... I almost felt that Wentz was going to misfire on that touchdown to, to Ward on that one. You did? Yeah. Because he was so wide open. <laughs> Too wide open for Wentz. It's a shame. It's a shame that's where we're at. I mean, seriously, though. Like, that's the kind—I mean, the, the, the Sanders one, he was so wide open. He had—like, that's a good play. That's a good setup. They run that play. The wheel, they get him caught
2: on a linebacker covering him. That's a touchdown every time or at least a big play. Did you see Cam Newton by the way how he was sitting on the bench and he like slid down cuz mm-hmm. someone That's how I felt when Carson Wentz without the laughing laughing of course it was more of like a painful slide down the couch but that's exactly what I did when Miles Sanders was overthrown Although Miles Sanders said something like, I should have ran faster, which yeah, there, were there some was people... like a little speculation of like, did he kind of give up a bit on it? Not that it's still on Wentz, but there was a sense of. The ball was throw and... th- was o- thrown over his head. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was a bad throw. But there, w- I still think you could look at the other side, maybe. You could.
0: I mean, sure. Could, could. Look, you could make the argument that all these guys could maybe give in some better effort. But the problem is they have to do it almost every time because the throw's not there. It's a good point. You know, like, look. Last night, I get it. Um, If you're watching the game last night, okay, if you're watching that game last night, you would be watching that and saying, huh, you know, Russell Wilson makes a couple of bad throws. Like, they're not all just right on the money. No quarterback is making perfect throws all the time. But Russell Wilson had some really bad throws. But guess what? DK Metcalf helps him out. Tyler Lockett helps him out. He's not throwing the ball to Greg Ward and J.J. Ortega Whiteside
2: and John Hightower. This staff, this this wide receiving core, I should say, is so bad. Like I, I know that we can keep bringing it up, but are we focusing enough on how actual, like how pathetic this core really is? Once you lose Rager and and Deshaun Jackson and Dallas Goddard, but you know what? I again, I don't
0: want to take the focus off of from my perspective anyway. That Wentz has been horrendous. Could he have some help? Could he have some more help? Sure. Does he have the best possible weapons? No. But that being said, Wentz's job is to elevate them. Their job is not to elevate him.
2: But some quarterbacks. That's the difference. Right. But that's, see, that's where I think it's the whole like, does Ryan Tannehill make his wide receivers that much better? Or does he need a good supporting cast? And I'm not saying that Carson Wentz is Ryan Tannehill, but that's where I think the whole elite good average quarterback list comes into play is Carson Wentz elite no does Aaron Rodgers make these bad players better yes like some quarterbacks can get it done with a proper core assembled around him and that might be what Carson Wentz is you don't just move on from that but that's where I think the disconnect. would Drew Brees miss that I hear that all the time would Tom Brady miss that you know what yes sometimes they do you know like I I don't know I I thought if you
0: watched last night Brees was Holding back the Saints at times. Sure. I mean, that comes with being 40-plus right, right, no, as well. Right, right. No, you're talking about Breeze in his prime. Yeah. I get that. But I thought he – Breeze struggled but do you get
2: time. what my, my point is, though? It's like – Yeah, no, I, I 100%. Yeah. But the problem
0: was, like, the thought is you get this guy, number two in the draft, he has a year where he ha- where he shows you that he potentially was the best player in the league, Okay. Five years in, somebody asked uh, the question today, I think it was Les Bowen who asked the question, did you think five years
2: in that these were going to be problems? And they are. I would have to agree with that. I would not expect us to be where we are right now with Carson Wentz, but I I also have seen him play so well in this league, it's hard for me to have that knee-jerk reaction. Isn't that what Doug Peterson used? That was the phrase, he doesn't want to have a knee-jerk reaction in terms of Carson Wentz? I think he's right, though. I really yeah, Okay,
0: did. in the fifth year, and this in this three games in now, what do you do? I mean, you have to evaluate at I, some point. You can't just say, well, I saw him do it in 2017. I saw, I saw him, do him do it, it last year. I know. I'm saying I saw him do it in 2018. I saw him do it in 2019. He wasn't as good in 19 and 18 as he was in 17. But still, you could win games with that guy. The guy you're playing with right now can't win with.
2: Can't, but I give him the. I mean, look, I'm not saying the leash is super long, but I'm not giving. I'm not sitting him three games in. You know, if, if we're talking game six, game seven, and if you're o six and one, I think that's fair to then have the conversation if he's still playing this way. But I'm not ready to just throw him out right now because he had three bad football games in a row. I I because it's so. So much of a drop. And I know that there's Carson Wentz haters out there that will claim this has always been who he is, and that's just not the case. He had flaws, his accuracy wasn't great, but he made up for it using other skills that he has. So this is such an extreme low of his clunky, career. running, though. Right, but that's my point. It's like, this isn't who he is. Like, I've seen him play for four years now, and I've never seen this. So I don't think this is who he really <laughs> is, and I give him the chance to get out of this it. This
0: sounds like the the Markel Fultz conversation. It was like, the guy that the Sixers drafted, what they saw on tape from the University of Washington was not the guy that they got. I don't know what happened to that guy. Now, there's an article today that's claiming that he wasn't hurt, that the Sixers just never trusted him. Well, then he was still not the guy that he was. Whatever ever happened to him, I couldn't answer. Here's the But difference. it's not the guy that played at the University of Washington. That guy is not the guy that you're seeing in the NBA. The guy you're getting on Sundays, Carson Wentz, is not the guy that I saw the first four years of his career.
2: This guy's somebody different, and this guy's not good. Well, he's not good, but because you've seen him do it at the NBA level, you never really saw Markel Fultz do anything in the NBA level. You won a Super Bowl because of Carson Wentz. I don't want to hear anything else about, oh, what Nick Foles did. I know what Nick Foles did. You're not winning a Super Bowl without Carson Wentz either. He was a big part of that team. So if Markel Fultz won the Sixers an NBA championship and was a big part of doing that, well, then I think the whole conversation changes. You never saw Markel Fultz do it in the NBA. With Wentz, you saw him do it in the NFL. So with that being said... Look, I'm not saying I'm giving him a billion seasons to figure it out, but it's definitely not three games for me. This is ugly. It's horrendous. It's definitely unacceptable. But this isn't Madden 21 where you're doing mode to go a little Josh Henning on you. I'm not playing video games, and I'm just changing the quarterback because I can. This is professional sports, and when you pay him the big money and this is your guy, you allow him to work himself out of this funk. And I'm going down with the ship of giving this guy more games than three to work himself out. Oh, the I,
0: I'm not suggesting that you pull him right this minute, but I am suggesting that you do have to start the evaluation and wondering whether or not if he gives you eight bad games, 10 bad games, do you move on from him? Can you move on from him? Well, I mean, we know the contract situation. I would suggest that Roseman has done a good job of trading quarterbacks in the past. Would there be a team interested in him if he has eight to 10 bad games?
2: I'm sure that there's some organizations out there that would take a shot. But the co- the contract is hefty, though. I mean, yeah. it's not like you're not taking a ton yeah, of money but that with that. that team knows that they
0: can get out of the contract the next year, too.
2: That's so true. So they could take
0: the shot on it for one year, see if they get something there. Now, what are you going to give up for that? Uh, these are a lot of what-ifs. But Dan from Tuckerton chimes in on the PlaySugarHouse.com text board. He says, I'll be the one to say it. Peterson needs to go. Nearly every game the first set of scripted plays work. After that, he looks clueless. You're supposed to use those scripted plays to set up plays from the same formation and he just doesn't. They either need to strip him from his play calling duties, which today he was asked about. He said, "Nope, he's not even thinking about that." And as someone who knows what they're doing, call him or fire him outright. I like the guy, so would rather the first option.
2: Okay, so you know me. I'm hard I'm harder on Doug Peterson and probably most and that's ridiculous to me. Like just as much I'm giving Carson Wentz some time, I'm giving Doug Peterson time as well. This isn't Doug Peterson's best work by any means. I expected more out of him. I don't think like I'm, okay, yes, he's a stooge. I like to have fun with it, but the guy won the Super Bowl and he has had success in this league. I'm not just firing him because of a stretch of 3 games. So a that, lot of guys that won the I Super Bowl support. though
0: and then kind of fell off. That's
2: true, but I give Brian him,
0: Billick um
2: I give him time though. Like I'm okay, I will ride the ship and say I like Just throwing them out because of three poor games is ridiculous, him and the quarterback. All right, well,
0: and and another point to bring up here is the Eagles, they've been counted out many times, especially under the Doug Peterson era here. I think a lot of people are at the point now where they have just given up on this team. I remember it vividly last year after that Dolphins game, and I was the one guy here saying, I don't care that they lost to the Dolphins. They have done enough in the past with Peterson and Wentz to show that they can climb back in and they won four games in a row and they did it. This feels different. This feels different. So that if you don't dig out of this mess right now, is it time to question Peterson? Because you've brought it up to me in the past. I don't want to keep going 9-7. and I don't want to keep digging out of holes and then having to win all these games late. If they do it again, and then this time they can't dig out of the hole. Is okay, that
2: different. Yeah, so here's where I I think I do stand on it fully. So you are correct. I've been on the record saying I don't like the hole. You're five and seven. You got to fight back and do it under Doug Peterson. But I also don't think it's fair to just like. What successful franchises fire their head coach every single season when things go wrong? I mean, you turn into franchises that don't have a lot of success. So, with that being said, I'm willing to be a little frustrated and question some things when I know the big picture is you got to give time to allow players to work. So, Doug Peterson— Well, this is his fifth year. I mean, five
0: years, I think, is a pretty good leash. I agree. So, By the way, five years— 38-28-1
2: 38, 28,
0: and one is his record.
2: I'm giving both teams. Sean Sean Payton and Drew Brees went seven and nine, seven and nine, seven and nine for three years in a row, and they didn't look very strong. You questioned Sean Payton; they almost moved on from him. I'm okay with no matter how this year plays out. This is where I think I truly stand today. I'm willing to give them the rest of this season, and then they have next year. And if it if it's poor next year for both of them. That's where I think you can start making those moves. That's how I see it. So I give them this year, whatever it is it is, that following season is, you're either getting canned or you're staying. And I think that's a reasonable amount of time after what they've done for this franchise. 609-403-0973
0: on the PlaySugarHouse.com text board. 609-403-0973 on the PlaySugarHouse.com text board. So more texts are coming in. Howie's had bad draft. Doug chose not to hire an OC. Birds could have had Metcalf last year, drafted a quarterback this year. That helps very little right now. They didn't do much in free agency. The organization is a mess. It starts at the top. How do you play for a tie yesterday? Not a top-tier organization. Wish it were. I'm 51 and a lifelong Eagle fan. Well, guess what? <laughs> He got to see a Super Bowl, yeah. which he's 51, a little older than me, but hey, you got to see a Super Bowl in your 40s. There's a lot of people out there who are like 70 who never saw one until they were in their 70s. Yeah. But you're right. Right now, all those things he said seem to be very accurate. Yeah,
2: and one more thing I just want to touch on. like, Even if they Doug and Carson comes back for that year after this season that I'm speaking about, still changes need to be made, whether it's getting an actual O.C. Maybe Jim Schwartz is gone. Like, I need something to, to freshen this thing up other than if Doug and Carson do stay.
0: This uh, this gentleman says, I'm a Giants fan. I'm loving hearing the Eagles fans whining. Hashtag glad football is back. Hashtag trash talking. Well, the Giants, you know, if you go to propswap.com right now, there's a great bet on there that the Giants will have the most losses in football. I think you should go to propswap.com, Giant fan, and gobble that ticket up because it looks like the Giants or the Jets might be, in fact, the two ugliest football teams. But the Eagles are right there. With Mike Gill, weekdays from 2 to 6, South Jersey's number one sports talk radio show on 97.3 ESPN-FM. All right, we'll get into the headlines today. We've got the anytime hotline calls. We'll still play those for you later on. You can keep hitting us up on the text board, 609-403-0973. That'll stay open all day long. Great text coming in today, 609 609- 4030973, Jake from New Hampshire Ave, wherever that is, says, Whoever is picking the background music for the show needs a raise. Thanks. I'm doing a great job. Thank you. <laughs> Come on, man. You know I picked
2: the tunes. I know. The other day you went a little MM on me. I think it was a Friday. And I was like, Oh, wow. You're switching things up a little bit Jeez. today.
0: Love it. Guys, sure. I thought Justin Jefferson could only play in the slot. And he's not a big play guy. When's the last time an Eagle wideout at one hundred and seventy-five yards receiving? Justin Jefferson is. Justin Jefferson is to Jalen Rager as Matt Taft is to Whiteside. Now nah. uh, Jefferson nope. struggled the first two. Now he played very well yesterday. Um, and look, he might look. We're, we're, it's funny. You want to bury Rieger after three games? The guy was hurt yesterday. Not his fault. Um, thought he played well. I mean, he didn't do anything special, but neither did Jefferson the first two games. He played very. Jefferson had a
2: huge game. I have Jefferson on my fantasy team. He was monster yesterday. J.J. Jaw, well, by the way, he doesn't even deserve a nickname. So J.J. Arthago Whiteside is so bad he's unplayable. Jalen Rieger can play in the national yeah, football. Yeah, I mean, league. so can Jefferson. Looks like, look, the jury's out on all these guys because we're three games in. That's all. Yeah, I agree with you. You know what I love this weekend, though? Making money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. DraftKings Sportsbook. And look, there's a big game tonight. You can download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. New users, use promo code 973. Plenty of special odds boosts out there. It's tremendous. I know I'm looking into some action tonight. Look, if you have the Kansas City Chiefs, if you can get the Chiefs as a dog, is that almost a no-brainer? I don't know. It's so scary because that Ravens team is good. I'm torn. But I know I'm going to make some money tonight thanks to DraftKings. I made
0: some money this weekend. How
2: much? How much? Enough. Enough.
0: Yep. Hey, better, a,
2: better than your normal winnings.
0: Had a seven and zero week. Whoa. Seven and zero. You didn't lose once. Didn't lose one.
2: Parlays, teasers. What are you going
0: here? Did a fourteen parlay on a college football Saturday and hit a three team parlay on an NFL Sunday. Mm. How do you feel about tonight? I don't have a feel yet. You don't have a feel. I yet. like Baltimore.
2: You do. Yep. I've been saying that all the time. Imagine getting the Chiefs, though, as a dog. It just seems like the value is insane.
0: I like Baltimore better. They've been number one. They're number one in my fine 5 They're at home. Got to like them. I need fans there tonight. Uh, about 2,500, I think.
2: Wow, really? 2,500 yeah. people. Well, the last time we heard it was 6,000 in Cleveland, I thought it was going to look way worse than it did, and it seemed like there was a ton of individuals there. By the way, Justin
0: Jefferson, first week, two catches, 26 yards. I didn't see that guy text after that game. Week two, three catches for 44 yards. I didn't see him text after that game. He texts after he had seven for 175. Well, that's that's when he chose to uh, hit us up.
2: Now, I bet you when Jalen Rieger returns eventually and has a nice night, let's just say 80 yards or so, 75 yards, whatever, just like a nice night, you won't hear from him. Uh, Fact is, how he can't draft, he's always had
0: someone else to blame. Look at their roster. It's a majority of free agents, players they acquired via trade. They haven't drafted franchise cornerstones since Johnson and Ertz.
2: They do struggle at a certain positions, and the wide receiver and cornerback positions, they're the ones that are clearly coming back to bite them. I think they do a good job drafting linemen. They get value there. You know, I mean, they obviously love the defensive end position and the defensive line as a whole position. What comes back to them, though, constantly is corner and wide receiver, and the failure to hit those two positions is holding this team back. Um, Yeah, no question
0: about it. I mean, I'm, I'm looking around like – I'm trying to think. And look, I know it's easy to just look at the Eagles because that's the team. We, they don't exist in a vacuum. Everybody makes mistakes around them. The Giants have made a ton of mistakes. Washington's been making mistakes for our whole existence. You know, I mean, the the, the fact that the Eagles, we just perceive them to not draft as well because we are on top of the mistakes that they made. Um, but if you go and look at their roster, you're trying to look around. Look, I'm not trying to I feel like Howie is a hard guy to give credit to or blame. Because, quite frankly, I don't know what kind of power he has. There's been... He's like Sam Bradford. You know, like, Bradford was just always hurt. And they would just never... You could never tell if Bradford was good or not because he was always What hurt.
2: about Elton Brandt? Because... Right now, at the Sixers organization, there's so much going on, right? Like Joshua Harris and the and David Blitzer and Scott O'Neill, and you know what type of decisions could Brett Brown make when it comes to you know roster personnel and things of that nature? What does Elton Brand do? We don't really know. Is it similar to that? Like, what does Howie Roseman fully have the power doing? No idea, and that's why it's it's been very
0: like you know, we just assume because he's the GM. That he's making all the
2: picks, and uh, I'm not sure that that's really accurate. I would have to agree with you. It's like everyone blames Elton Brand for the contracts. I think that there were some individuals up top with the Sixers that kind of had some information. You know, it wasn't right. just Elton Brand to come up with like, that decision. Like, we
0: assume that, that he walks in, pounds the fist, and says, I want J.J. white Whiteside. That's my guy. And that someone doesn't overrule him, or, you know, like, I don't think he has the autonomy that a lot of the GMs in this league have. I think there's more of a collaborative uh, approach. I know when Andy Reid was here, Howie was the GM, but he was not making the picks. So, and then when Chip Kelly got here, he was the GM. But a lot of people thought that Chip was making those picks.
2: I don't even see a scenario where... Jeffrey Lurie would fire Howie Roseman. Now, if Howie Roseman is no longer "quote unquote" the GM, I still think he's in the organization, and maybe a new GM slides in. In 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 theory, whatever you want to take that as, because right now we don't even know if the GMs making well, all the decisions. We'll say this,
0: okay? Wentz was his pick, or let's just assume they're his pick, okay? Wentz was a draft pick. We thought he was pretty good. Right now, it's a little fuzzy. Miles Sanders, that's his draft pick. Pretty good player. Yep um but well, the Jackson was originally their draft choice I mean I don't know what you want to count him as they let him leave and then they brought him back uh Rieger's a draft pick or Whiteside's a draft pick Urch is a draft pick Goddard's a draft pick Dillard's a draft pick say a draft pick Kelsey's a draft pick. Yeah,
2: see, I don't think... The linemen, you got to give them all the credit in the world for. So the linemen, I think they just do a tremendous job with. It's it's those two positions that I mentioned in corner and wide receiver that, that they just have to find a way to be better at. It's just those two positions. But those two positions are huge. Yeah, the, the wide receiver...
0: All our guys right now, except for Alshon, were drafted. Oh, Greg... Well, no, they signed Greg Ward. They didn't draft Greg Ward, but he was not you, drafted. You
2: get credit. You yeah. get credit for picking that up, right, for sure. So
0: essentially, their entire starting offense... The only guy that they, Peters, they traded for, that was 20 years ago, 10 years ago, uh, Brandon Brooks, they signed in free agency. Every Great other guy, signing. but every other guy on the line, they drafted Lane Johnson, Kelsey, Sayamala, they drafted all those guys. They drafted Ertz and they drafted Kelsey. And they drafted Sanders and they drafted Wentz. That's their entire starting offense, which, by the way, won a Super Bowl with most of those guys. I know you're trying to find a way to, like. I'm not. I'm just, I'm uh, going over in my mind okay. real fast. Brandon Graham, they drafted. Barnett, they drafted. Sweat, they drafted. Yeah, but are we
2: giving credit to Barnett as a pick, or do we not like that
0: pick? I'm not a huge fan of Barnett, but I'm just saying, like, this guy's suggesting that they signed all these. I'm saying.
2: Oh, whoa, whoa. Okay. I'm sorry. I misunderstood what he. So, because the texter said that they just, all they have is free agents, you're going over to see who they're drafting. Right. But what I'm saying, like, Graham, they drafted. Good draft pick. Barnett, I don't like Barnett all
0: that much. Okay, they drafted him. Sweat actually thinks pretty good in the 4th round. He's turned out to be a
2: decent player all of a sudden. Do we like him because he's better than Barnett or do we like him because no, he's good? I think Sweat when he's gotten the opportunity is produced. That's fair. Okay, I mean, he's definitely a playable. He's a good piece. 4th like, round pick. He's a good rotational player, I would say. Yeah, 4th round pick. Yeah, that's a good. I agree. Fletcher Cox drafted him. Great pick.
0: Hargrave signed. Jackson signed. Um, well, the linebackers stink, so you I mean, they're they're they all drafted. Nate Gary. Right, they're all drafted. But they all stink. Slay is signed. Maddox drafted. Coleman signed. LeBlanc uh, was a I think he's a free agent, agent. yeah. Right. Um, Mills drafted. Seventh round. McLeod signed. There so not as many signed as you would so think. So most of their starters
2: were all guys
0: they drafted.
2: And once again, I just go back to. And by the way, the the, the misses over the, because of like how they keep pushing the money back and the salary cap just keeps, or not the salary cap, but the, you know, they're, yeah, they're, they're money issues. They just keep pushing it back and back. Eventually that credit card is going to be due. And yeah. when, when that credit card is due, you got to have players that are cheap and drafted. And like, that's when the Sidney Jones the Douglases, the JJ Ortega white like all of that is coming in to kind of bite them.
0: Yeah. I'm just, you know, just responding to his tech, the fact that, uh, he says the ma- Look at their roster. It's a majority free agent and players acquired via trade. That's that's not accurate. They just went over the entire starting roster. Literally, they drafted probably 80%
2: of those guys. Right? Yes. The problem, too, though, is like these guys are getting older and they're not flushing. Like you brought up a great point the other day where we were talking about Ertz, right, and the contract. And you said, well, you get Goddard. That is now your replacement. And you get J.J. Ortega Whiteside. That is now your Alshon replacement. And if that was their mindset of, hey, let's replace our older guys with younger guys. So then when it's time where they need that money, you kind of push them down the road and you allow them to go elsewhere. That's a great philosophy. The problem is then executing the philosophy. And I think that's where the disconnect is at the moment. Yeah, you look down that roster, most of those guys that play, Graham,
0: Fletcher, I mean, Barnett, I'm not a huge Barnett guy, Sweat, like we just mentioned. They're all guys they drafted. Now, Hargrave and Jackson
2: are two signings. They are two guys they signed. I haven't even really realized Hargrave that much. Now, granted, I understand the situation of the injury and all well, that. Well, if you but... didn't notice Fletcher Cox
0: yesterday, you were missing a hell of a show because... I he thought was Brandon in the poor center yeah. was getting thrown into barrows like every other play.
2: Yeah, now very true. I thought BG stood out a little more than Fletch, but Fletch was awesome. Guys, blow it up. Tank for Trevor. Nah, see, that's I'm not I'm not even allowing that but to be entertained. Here's a question though.
0: Here's a question. Let's say it goes off the rails. Three and thirteen. Bit. Three twelve and one bad. <laughs> you got to throw in that tie. Give Seriously. him another tie. Seriously. Seriously. Give him another. One. Can you imagine if the tie cost him the number one overall pick? Ooh. I like mean, If d- somebody goes 3-13
2: and 13 and you're
0: 3-12-1, they would be worse than you. Do
2: you know how many people would go back to that situation and freak out about how they should have lost the game on purpose? Yep. But if you had the number one pick, you taking Lawrence? Yes. Have to, right? Yes, you would have to. But I'm not purposely trying to go after that. I'm not.
0: No, no, no. I agree with you. I'm just saying, like, but if you were in that spot where you had the number one pick yes. and you drafted a quarterback in
2: the second round last year. If you have the number one overall pick, it's one of those the talent is too great that you just can't pass up on that. You can't. So yes, you would take him. Then you. How about this? You want to talk about coming up with the new times a play design where Carson Wentz, Trevor Lawrence, and Jalen Hurts are all on the field at the same time? Have a little triple option. You don't know which quarterback's going right? to get the ball.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, um, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Another one. Eagles should tank and draft Trevor Lawrence. And Dabo can be the coach. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, now we're just now we're just redoing everything. So that's where I it's just where the season has gone right yes. now. Three games in. Three games in. Alright,
0: Jason and Kate May, are the Eagles ever going to realize you need good linebackers in this league? Do you know we won the Super Bowl? We had Hicks, Kendricks, and Bradham. Hicks got hurt, but we had depth. Now we have
2: nobody in the shows. You just need below average to average linebackers. It's like Imagine if the Phillies' bullpen was below average. They weren't even below average. They were historic. Since 1912, they had the second-worst ERA ever as a bullpen. So if they just had a below-average bullpen, you're making the playoffs with ease. So you just need a below-average to average set of linebackers.
0: I read the stats the other day. I can't even believe it again. They served up 41 homers in 177 innings. That is more than the starters gave up. The starting pitchers threw over 119 innings more than the bullpen. And the bullpen gave up more home
2: runs. That's almost unbelievable. How does that happen? Here's the best part about it. The owner wants to keep the general manager who put it together.
0: Yeah, that's another unbelievable story in itself. But they blew 21 leads this year. 21. I mean, realistically, if they had a half-decent bullpen, they should have not only made the playoff, they should have been the one seed. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It
2: didn't even need to be... Half decent. I mean, below average. That's really what it. Below average. But I do think that ties together with the linebacking core. Right now, you have the Phillies' bullpen as your linebackers. If you just had below average to average, would Boyd get open so much? I mean, there was a series there where it was Boyd, 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 like over the middle constantly yeah. over and over again.
0: Well, listen again, I don't know what to think of Howie Roseman because I don't know that he has the autonomy that the listeners are giving him credit for having, which is fair or unfair he has the job. So he's getting judged on it. That being said, they have missed on Sidney Jones in the second round. You, you miss on that, that that hurt you. Russell Douglas in the third round, that's a miss. And you know, you're in an area where they're your weakest spots right now. The corner spot uh, we'll get into more at the other side. I got so much on my mind right now. <laughs> checo has got football at four. Right now, it's the Sports Bash Cash code word. This hour, the word is PAL. Like Sal, PAL. P-A-L. PAL. P-A-L.
1: Enter it now on our website, 973 ESBN.com.